Good morning, everybody. Welcome to sunrise on this beautiful, crisp winter morning. It's good to be here worshiping with you all. Um, so um, it was kind of weird being away for two weeks. A couple weeks ago, we were out of town for the holidays. Um, and then last week, many of you guys know that I was planning on being here leading worship last Sunday. Uh, Carissa took a tumble sledding. So uh, just an update on her. She's doing much, much better. It's only been a week, but um, she did have a compression fracture. Well, does have a compression fracture in her back. Uh, one of her vertebrae doesn't look normal anymore. It's a little squished, but um, she's in a back brace, and slowly, day by day, the pain is getting less and less. She's supposed to be in that at least six weeks. So, um, yeah, but thank you for the, the texts, the Facebook messages, the prayers for her. Um, we feel loved, so thank you for that. Uh, so this morning, we're going to start things off uh, singing Awake My Soul. So I thought it would be appropriate to read uh, these few verses from Psalm 57. So hear these words as for our call to worship. My heart, O God, is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake my soul. Awake harp and lyre, I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love, reaching to the heavens, your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Why don't you guys pray with me as we get our hearts ready for worship. Oh God, this morning we come to sing, we come to hear your, the words from your word, Lord. But off, I know right now um, many of us just have things swirling in our brains. It's hard to focus, hard to um, quiet the noise. So God, this morning I pray that you would just bring us peace. Quiet the noise in our hearts, in our minds. Relax our shoulders. Help us to focus on you, God. Awaken our hearts. Awaken our souls, our minds to you. Let our praise and our worship this morning just be authentic and from our hearts. Amen. Gwen, stand with us. Let's sing together.
strength, my song, this cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease, my comforter. song we sing is going to be a brand new song, and um, it's been a while since we've done, done a new song, and this has been on my mind to do a while, and I thought, you know, today's the appropriate time. Um, it's called God of Revival, and uh, 
you know, people often think, when they think of revival as a, as a series of meetings in tents, um, but revival really is a state of the heart that's awakened to who God is and His kingdom. So, uh, you know, I think about the timing right now and the beginning of the year and kind of new beginnings. People often think about the beginning of a year. And I think, you know, we as a church need to humble ourselves and dive deep into our faith and seek Him this year in 2022. So revival can come, but we need to long for it. We need to yearn for it. So I want to teach you guys a little bit about this song um, before we sing it, since you guys don't know it yet. You may have heard it a little bit, um, but if not, so this song has got a revival. I'll teach you in the first verse and the pre-chorus and the chorus, and then we'll get rolling and sing it for you guys. So. so here is the first verse. I'll sing it and have you guys sing it back to me. We see what you can do, O God of wonders. Your power has no end. The things you've done before in greater measure, you will do again. It's a pretty easy melody. Kind of repeats twice. So why don't you guys sing that with me? We can see. Here we go. We see what you can do, O God of wonders. Your power has no end. Sounds good. The things you've done before in greater measure, you will do again. So here's a pre-chorus. Listen to this. Because there's no prison wall you can break through, no mountain you can move. All things are possible. There's no broken body you can raise, no soul that you can save. All things are possible. Let's try that with me. Because there's no prison wall you can break through, no mountain you can move. All things are possible. There's no broken body you can raise, no soul that you can save. All things are possible. So here's the chorus where it gets a little bit higher, so we got to sing a little bit louder, okay? So hear this. The darkest night, you can light it up. Oh, you can light it up. Oh, God of revival. Let hope arise, death is overcome, you've already won, oh God of revival. Here we go. The darkest night, you can light it up, oh you can light it up, oh God of revival, let hope arise. Death is overcome, and you've already won, God of revival. Awesome, you guys sound good. So that's the first chunk of the song. There's a little bit more you'll have to learn, but we'll learn that in a minute. Let's do it. see what you can do, O oh God of wonders, your power has no end. The things you've done before in greater measure, you will do again. Because there's no prison wall you can break through, no mountain you can move all things are possible there's no broken body you can raise no soul that you can't say all things are possible all 
the darkest night You can light it up You can light it up Oh God of revival Let hope arise Death is overcome And you have already won God of revival You rose in victory And now you're seated Forever on the throne So why should my heart fear What you've defeated I will trust
Let a fire in our hearts, God. Let change come this year in 2022. May we draw close to you, God. Let the things of the world pass away. Let the fade away. That the strongholds that we have in our lives, that they would crumble. The idols that we've placed up, God, that they would fall. Awaken our hearts today, God. Let revival come in our church, in our city. I got a couple of announcements for us all. I got it. You gonna do it, Tanner? I got it for you, bud. He's watching Henry right now, so I got it. Um, So we have just a couple of announcements. Um, We had a wonderful day of prayer on New Year's Eve. Many of you guys signed up for that and prayed from noon to midnight on New Year's Eve. It was a wonderful time just connecting with God and praying for this new year. We got another event coming up in a couple of weeks on Wednesday evening, January 26th from 6.30 to 7.30. The worship team will come back on a Wednesday night midweek. For all of you guys who grew up coming to Wednesday night church, we're going to do it once for you guys. So um, we're going to have just a few songs of worship. Then we'll have probably a half hour of just kind of sitting back and focusing on prayer. We'll have some prayer stations set up throughout the sanctuary here, um, different kind of things at each station where we can just dive in. We'll, and things to help you engage directly into certain, certain areas of prayer. So that'll be all set up for you, and then we'll close out with some worship as well. So just an hour, Wednesday the 26th, so come on out. I know, I know that is a youth group night, but I think um, youth group might join us for part of that as well, so that'll be super fun. Lastly, just one more announcement, Wine and Theology is tomorrow night, um, 7 o'clock at Osgood Brewing, so ladies, if you are part of that or if you want to be a part of that, tomorrow night, meet Stephanie and the ladies at Osgood Brewing at 7 for some Wine and Theology. And that's it. Dan. Good morning, everybody. How's it going? Great, good. Wonderful. That reminds me of What About Bob? You guys know that movie? Good, great, grand, wonderful. For those of you who know that movie, you're welcome. For those of you who don't, I'm sorry. Um, my name is Dan. It's great to see you here today. We're glad that you're with us, whether you've been here for a while, you're in the room, or you're watching us online. Um, thanks for being here. Um, you know how there are things in life that are simple but not easy? Like um, the Bible says pay your taxes. <laughs> that's real simple, right? Sometimes it's not very easy. Like you do it with, you're not as simple as I am. So you don't do it with a little bit of angst in your soul. It's a good thing that we don't actually have to write the checks all the time unless you're self-employed to pay the taxes. It just kind of comes out of your paycheck. Otherwise, that'd be a really hard thing to do. The simple is not always easy. Uh, Children, obey your parents. Honor your spouse. Submit to each other. Those things are really simple, but they're not easy, right? And what's really frustrating is when people seem to equate simple with easy. I think we do that a lot in our lives. Uh, For instance, when it comes to this topic of generosity, which we're talking about again this week. It's really simple to think about living from the posture of being generous, of giving what we have for the sake of other people. But you know as well as I do that it's not easy. (laughs) And then it, it only gets more complicated because there are folks who will stand up and talk about how important it is to be generous, and they'll solicit funds or time or goodies of whatever kind to accumulate those and give them to other people. And then we find out down the road that they've also been accumulating those things for themselves. So you be generous. I know it's hard for you to do, but it's really simple. And I'll absorb your generosity myself without telling you, and I'll make it sound like all of your generosity is going there. You guys ever heard stories like that? Yeah. How many of you have ever done that? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) It's really hard. And so I know that last week as we talked about generosity... That for some of you, there's some baggage that comes along with that. We talked about Moses being in the desert with a large group of people who are claiming to follow the same God that Moses does. And he stands in front of them as they are between a place that they lived and knew for a long time, 
where they didn't have great things in this world. They'd worked awful jobs that they were forced to work, but they had a place to lay their head. They're out in the desert, and they're waiting to get to this promised place where things are going to be so much better. And it's really simple to wait in the in-between, right? But it's not easy. And in the midst of that, Moses stands in front of the people and he says, I need you to be generous. I need you to give. Every one of you who claims to follow God, I need you to give. And then he talks about a subgroup of people that pastors don't often talk about in churches because we want everybody to hear this next part. Moses says, out of all of you who are here and claim to follow God, those of you who are willing, here's what you should give. And so last week we left off with who of us is willing and what can we give and to whom will we give it? This week, we're going to move forward in the timeline of history, but we're going to move backward in terms of the why. Why in the world should we be a people who give? Because I don't know about you guys, but I like to save. I like to give to me. I like to give to my friends, maybe. I like to give to my kids at Christmas time. This much. And I think all of us kind of feel that inner tension. And so this morning we're going to move backward in terms of why and forward in terms of timeline. And we're going to be in the book of Matthew. So before we jump into that, let me pray. I'm going to show you a couple props here and then we'll jump in. God, thanks for this time to be together. Thank you that you are a God who overcomes all things. That in the midst of the deserts of our lives, when we feel like you're doing nothing, you are still moving us from the places that we have been to the places that we are going. And in the middle of all of that, you promise to give us patience, you promise to transform us with your grace and with your love. So help us to see that, to embrace it, and to live in it this morning, in Christ's name, amen. All right, simple question for you here. Which of these... Would you prefer to have in your office or at home or wherever, okay? Now, you can judge it any way you want to, and I'm asking you for an ulterior motive, but I'm not going to tell you what that motive is until later, okay? But I'm not going to call you up here and have you tell me out loud which one you would prefer. All right, so there are two options here. There's this one. How many of you would say, yep, of the two, this is the one that I would want hanging up? This is the more beautiful. I see very few hands. How about this one? Yeah, okay. All right, now I'm going to ask you to interact with me here a little bit, okay? For those of you who said this one, if, you're, if you've got the guts to do it, that's okay. And if you don't, you're still a great person. Can you just say out loud why you picked this one? Just give me a very quick one-word answer or just a quick phrase. Color. Color, okay. Anybody else on this one? You like it. Excellent reason. What's that? More modern. This one is a little bit old. Okay, quick funny story. This is a sidetrack. This is a picture of Wrigley Field. I'm a big Cubs fan. I bought this down in Alabama at uh, Hobby Lobby. You know the story already? Okay. <laughs> the youth pastor comes up to me and he asks, he looks at it and he says, man, that's a nice picture. Did you take that? Do you know how old this picture is? <laughs> I did not take this picture. All right, so anyway, that was free. For those, for those of you who picked this one, why did you pick this one? Black and white? It says something. It says something. It literally does. Nostalgic, okay? Historic. It's Chicago. Go Cubs. Go Bears. There you go. All right. So I'm just going to set these here, and we'll come back to those in a minute, okay? I mean, clearly, we've just established that beauty is in the eye of the beholder a bit. I think that as we look at these passages of Scripture this morning, and as we have a conversation this will come a little bit clearer to you why I asked the question, but we'll come back to it just to make sure that we hit it home well. So in Matthew chapter 6, we find these words. I'm sharing these words with you because these are words that we cling to often. We talk about in Christian circles, and they are simple words for us, but we can think that they're easy. Here's what Jesus says. Don't worry saying, what will I eat, what will we drink, or what will we wear? For the pagans, that's a name for people who don't decide to follow Jesus. This is what Jesus and his followers called them. The pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. 
Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. How many of you would raise your hand and say, that seems really complex? It's not easy, it's not clear cut. Super simple, right? But there are some questions that this generates for us, right? Like, what in the world are all these things? The pagans are running after what? Things to eat, things to drink, things to wear. And your Heavenly Father knows that we need these things too, so we should seek God's kingdom, which many of us don't even understand what in the world that is. So go out there and chase a unicorn, and if you do that, then you'll have everything that you need. That's often how we take this, right? Not a unicorn specifically. I use that hyperbolically to make a point. And there are pastors, there are ministries that will say, if you choose to follow God and love Him well, you will have plenty of food on your table. You will have plenty of clothes in your wardrobe. And your well water will taste better than it ever has. I'm kidding. But that's how we take this, right? And so many of us live our lives as though the things that are being talked about here are the things that we eat, the things that we wear, and the things that we drink. And that works wonderfully in the West where we are a privileged people. But how many of you would be willing to, if we could take this building right here, Take it over to Tanzania, where there is a village of single moms who have children because the fishermen believe that as they go to the lake to fish for the year, they should father children with the women who live there. And these women live in squalor with children who they keep in their homes in the dark because they have handicaps and they can't let the world see them or they will lose their status. How in the world could we say to these people, if you love God well, if you just love him well, then you'll have more money. You'll have more clothes. And you're not going to have to walk five miles to bring back to your home water that will make you sick. If this text is written for all of us all over the globe then I think we have to redefine what exactly it is that's being talked about here and ask the question, what in the world are all of these things? So, as we jump in, I already threw out here that a lot of people, when they look at this, they look at these things being what we eat and what we wear. You know as well as I do that there are people who live even here in our area who love God super well, but they don't have a great paying job. They have no idea how they're going to get the money to go to college. They're barely making it by. So we have to rewind a little bit. This passage here that we're looking at is near the end of the book of Matthew. This thing is really not working well right now. So this is in Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 to 33. Newsflash, there are 30 verses before this for a reason. So we're going to go back a little bit and look at what's happening here. Jesus is having a conversation that we've just jumped into the end of, and if we can get into the larger conversation of what's gone before this, we can understand a little bit better about what's happening. And so Jesus, in this conversation, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. This is where Jesus is with all of his followers, much in the same way that Moses was on Mount Sinai. And he's gathering them together as a group of people who are between the places where they have been and the place where they are going. And Jesus stands in front of them and he teaches them like Moses did, that here's how I want you to live. And as part of that, he says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Contrast. Those of you who are following me, who want to live the way that you should in this time in between, have disappeared. I don't know what I'm doing wrong here. When you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues. That's the Christian people, the religious people, not Christian, religious people, and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. When you want to give money to something, don't say to the people around you, hey, everybody, I brought my wallet. I'm going to scan that QR code so I can give. Don't bring out the red tape 
and the really big scissors and name a building after yourself. Jesus says, if you want to live the way that I want for you to live, to live the best possible way between where you have been and where you are going, then I want you to give in a way that isn't loud. Because if you give in a way that's loud, then you're going to get something. You're going to get your name on a building. You're going to get recognized. You will be honored. And what Jesus says is, honor (laughs) and being noticed And having your name established somewhere is important. But I want you to establish your name with me and to be honored by me. And the path to doing that is to simply give, be generous in this way and not in that way. So when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So if we zoom out a little bit here, we started the conversation in uh, verses 31 and 33. We are rewinding right now to the larger conversation, the beginning of, if you will, of the sermon that gives us a little bit of an idea of what all of these things are that we find in verses 31 to 33. One of these things is an unknown reward from God. Are you following me? There's a large conversation where your spouse says to you, I need you to go to the store and I need you to get these things. And there's 15 of them there. I need you to get milk, cheese, bread, also my favorite cereal, whatever it is, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then close to the end of the conversation, they could say, oh yeah, and don't forget these things, sour cream and onions. You can focus on just the sour cream and the onions, the food and the clothing, or you can remember the whole list when you go shopping and really make your spouse happy because you remembered all of it. This part of what's happening in Matthew chapter 6, the beginning part of God giving a reward, is one of the things in the larger list that Jesus brings up. And so let's find out what's next. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, where we read this. The topic is now prayer. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in synagogues and on street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they will have received something, their reward in full. It's a lot of fun to go to Chicago, right, and to find someone there on the magnificent mile who's standing on a box or standing on the sidewalk with a bullhorn telling you that if you don't repent, you're going to hell. Isn't that great? That's why I go to Chicago. (laughs) It's an awful thing for people to do that, for people to stand at funerals and to hold signs asking for God to bring down his judgment on a particular group of people or to bless this political party, but not the other. These are public prayers, if you will, calling out to God, which is really just a way of talking to everybody else in the room to make a particular point. This happens with kids, right? I'm going to tell on you guys for a second. Is that okay, Sam and Addison? Yes? Okay, I'll tell on me. I'll tell on me and my sister. They're t- okay, I have a twin sister. Um, believe it or not, I am the taller of the two. And there were times when we would fight growing up, right? If you, have a spa- if you have a spouse, maybe if you have a spouse, if you have a sibling, you know what this is like. Your sister, my sister, would give me an elbow. I'd give her an elbow back. There's this one time we were at my grandparents' house. We were playing upstairs, and this was happening. My sister was driving me nuts, but it was because I was driving her nuts first. And so she responded to my messing with her by pushing me down the stairs. That was a problem. At the bottom of the stairs, I didn't just say, Sarah, why did you do that? No, she's up at the top of the stairs, and I went, Sarah, why did you do that? Because I wanted everybody over here to know what happened. I wasn't talking to her. I was talking to these people, pretending as though I was talking over here. 
I think this is the kind of thing that Jesus is talking about. Don't declare to the world around you the things that they are doing wrong or that you think that God should do in response to them. Don't do that. Instead, actually have an authentic conversation with the God of heaven. And when you do that, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen and then your Father who sees what is done in secret will give something to you. He will reward you. He will listen to you. He will know of your authenticity. Is there a promise here that God will do exactly what it is you've asked for? No. And I hate that. If I would have written this, I would have written that in there. The Cubs would win the World Series every year. See, there are two paths here that Jesus is pointing out. There's the path of pursuing the things of this world that you really want. Honor, privileged, being noticed and being loved through one way. Fighting for it for yourself. Or there's this other more subtle, simple, less attractive way of doing it. And this is what I want from you. So as we expand this out again, what are all of these things that are promised early or later in this conversation? It's still what we eat, what we wear, and an unknown reward from God. So we've talked about giving to people. We've talked about prayer. Jesus brings up another quick topic in this conversation. He says, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive you don't forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, this is a tough passage right here, okay? This, this brings up all kinds of questions that we don't have the time to explain right now, but this is the point that I want to bring up. If we want to receive from God the things that he promises, then it's very clear that he asks us to live in certain ways. To generously focus our attention on him when we give to generously focus our attention on him when we pray. And when things do, when people do things to offend us, to make us upset, when they call us horrible names, when they turn their backs on us, we should respond with generosity toward them. You know as well as I do, that's super simple, but it's not easy when you're laying at the bottom of the proverbial stairs with bruises over your body because someone pushed you over. And yet when we do these things that are simple, but not easy, we find that there is a reward from God. And so in the bigger context, what are these things that God promises to give us? Again, what we eat, what we wear, an unknown reward from God twice, and forgiveness of sins. Then at this point in the conversation, Jesus begins to land the plane. Everybody's hungry, they're thinking about the things that are in the pot roast at home or where they're going to go for lunch, whether it's Taco Bell or KFC or wherever. So he says, all right, I'm going to land this plane. I'm going to summarize this for you. Take this picture home with you, essentially. No one can serve two masters. You can't pursue both paths to being loved, honored, and uh, cherished by fighting hard for all of these things and trying to get everybody's attention around you. And you can't do it by trying to follow me. (laughs) You can either hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. You cannot be attractive. You cannot be the thing that is most desired by God and also be the thing that is most desired by God by the systems, the way of life in this world. Let me get really specific. Some of you perhaps made this resolution. I am going to lose weight this year. I'm going to spend money on these meals. I hate these meals, but I'm going to spend my money on these meals. Because I have made this commitment to myself. I want to have a nicer truck this year. 
And so I am going to generously look at my budget. I'm going to generously look at my life and its priorities, and I am going to give what I can here because, and we don't say this out loud, because I will feel good if I have this truck. I will fit in better with my coworkers with this truck. My friends will really like this purse if I have this purse. I will have credibility with them, and so I will generously pursue these things. That's one path. But then there's this other path where some of us have made a resolution like, I am going to be a more generous person. I want to help people more. And after we make that decision, we step back into the parking lot where we've just stepped out of the vehicle and we see that nice vehicle over there and the resolution to have a nice truck. And we see the resolution over here to be generous and to help other people. And it's in those moments we can see how life presents a fork for us, right? I can either have this purse or I can have this purse. I can either live a life, if we now shift it to just spiritual and leave aside the physical, I can live a life where I am trying my best to please the people around me using my finances, using my status, using my privilege to pursue these things for myself and my own standing, or I can use my time, my money, my energy, and my privilege to pursue what's best for me and in the process of doing that, pursuing what's best for everyone else. This is generosity. This is the conclusion of the people who stood before Moses in Exodus who would say, yes, I am willing to give to God. This is the group of people that Jesus is trying to communicate with. He knows that there are all kinds of people who are walking with him from where they have been to where they are going, and he's trying to talk to this group of people and say, if you want to live well, look for the honor and the love that I will give you. And when you do those things, I'll take care of all of the privilege that you need. I'll take care of all of the love that you need, all of the honor that you need, whether you have that truck or you have a white van that's been sideswiped and the doors don't work. So there's a real tension between things for all of us. This idea of pursuing what God wants for us and pursuing what money and privilege can give us. And it's at this point then that Jesus says what it is we started this conversation out with. And he bridges it with the word therefore, which is like saying, so if you're going to trust God rather than your own money, in light of everything that I've said, then you don't need to worry. Asking what are we going to eat, what are we going to wear, what are we going to drink, for the pagans run after all these things. They run after the things that are going to make them look good, the things of this world that are going to sustain them. And your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things, the rewards from God. We don't even know what they are. (laughs) Forgiveness from God and what you need to be honored and loved by him will be given to you as well. So again, what are all these things? Looking at the passage... It's what we eat, what we wear, unknown rewards from God, forgiveness of sin. Let's look at what Jesus says as well. He says that the birds of the air, they get their food. The flowers of the field, they're clothed better than even Solomon, who was the richest guy in the world. That's a really wonderful idea, but God doesn't mention a whole lot of other things. He doesn't talk about the grass getting rain or the trees getting their leaves. He doesn't talk about... A lot of things in this world. Does it mean he's not taking care of them? He's only taking care of a certain group of people? No. He's simply trying to say, when you see the flowers and how beautiful they are and it draws your attention to them and you realize that that could just be a weed, but in some way that is still dressed in a way that brings honor. It gives a sense of awe. It forces you to recognize there's something happening here that can only be happening because 
of something that's unseen. And that's like us. It might not look as attractive as you think, but if you take the time to understand what's happening in someone's life, then you get it. All right, let's go back to these guys for a second. We know that there are lots of people whose lives are like this, right? Just do what you got to do, put yourself together, buy the things that you need to to make sure that your life is framed well and it looks good. You get married at a certain age, you have a certain number of kids, you get a job, you just do what you're supposed to do, and you're kind of like this pre-made picture, and everybody looks at it and they say, that's what it's supposed to look like, right? You following me? And then there's this group of people. And this group of people is, for me, between the two, a good example of what it means to be someone who pursues what Jesus is teaching here, to be generous, to do the things quietly that he calls us to do. Now, don't laugh. This is true. This is cow poop on a piece of wood. It's true. This is a a piece of wood that was given to me by someone in Kenya. And what they did is they generously took the resources that they had, and they took poop and they smoothed it on here, and they made a picture that's very common there that means to communicate to people, may God bless you. You've got mountains here and the eye of God watching over and providing for you. And this is hanging in my office alongside of this picture, and if there was a fire, I would take this and not that. This doesn't look very honorable. This doesn't look very respectable. This doesn't look super loved. It doesn't attract the eye of that many people. But when you know the story, the quiet way that this was made, it becomes much more beautiful. And I think what Jesus is doing in this teaching is he's saying, look, we can do everything the right way, the way that the world says to do it, and we can look perfect from the outside. But when you take it apart, it's a photocopy of something else. It's mass-produced. But if you'll choose to live the way that I'm asking you to live, I'll take your... (laughs) and turn it into something beautiful. And when people know your story and they know the subtle, quiet ways that you're bringing to me the things that you can, it'll be just as beautiful as those flowers. People will be in awe of your ability to still walk through life from where you've been to where you're going, just like they are in awe of a bird that can fly in the air. Now that's a sign of a generous God. We know that God could be a God who's off there, who's way out there and distant and doesn't decide to interact with us well at all, doesn't decide to love us, and yet he does. And then he brings to us a teaching that asks us to do the same toward others and toward him, to be generous. And so here are some questions that I think he generated in the minds of the people who were there listening to him and that I think are applicable to us today. Will our paths to being sustained go through my financial advisor or through faith in Jesus. Now, does that mean that if you follow Jesus, you don't have a financial advisor? No, (laughs) not at all. But at the end of the day, if you were to prioritize what's more important to you, will it be what the financial advisor said? Or will it be the teaching of Jesus who said, this is the way that I want you to live? Based on your decision, what do you need to change so that your generosity is an expression of your faith in Jesus? Or there are some of you who might say, I'm not interested in that. Okay, well, what do you need to change to make sure that your life is an expression of your faith in your own money? I think the very clear contrast that Jesus is making here is that that's not the right choice for people who follow Jesus. And I can't give you the answer to this second question. What might you need to do to change? What might you need to change so that your generosity is an expression of your faith in Jesus? This is the beauty of what Jesus does with his people. He throws a question out there and he asks you to interact with him on how it is you should respond. And then because it's really good for us to just make a decision and drop it and leave it, another question is, when will you make this change? It's simple. 
but it's not easy. God, we're a people who want things to be easy. We want things to be simple. Uh, We want to be loved. We want to be provided for. And it's really easy to think that to be loved and to be provided for means that we have a nice car, we have nice clothes. Our kids graduate with certain grades or are involved in certain activities or go to certain schools. And I think what you're trying to teach us is that that's really not what's most important. And that what is most important is to recognize your generosity in our lives and that where we get what we most need is from you. God, and somehow, somehow in some way, that requires us to structure our lives differently. Because if I'm going to use my money the best way that I can between now and the time that I get where you've called me to be, I have to make choices with that money. I have to make the same choices with my time, and all of us do. And God, that's really hard. And this is where we need your wisdom, where we need your guidance, and where some of us just need guts. So we are here as Sunrise, as a community of people who are following you, who have said that we see that you're transforming our lives with your love and with your grace, and we want to continue to be transformed in such a way that as we walk through life with others who are moving from where they have been to where they are going, they are also transformed by your love and your grace. So in teachings like this, where it's hard because it's about money, it's about attention, it's about what's most important to us, would you be gentle with us? Would you gently show us whatever changes we need to make? Would you encourage us Would you affirm us for the positive choices we have made? Give us boldness to continue to be who you've called us to be in Christ's name. Amen. So this is the part of the service where we close things down. We kind of land the plane. We sing a song. There's also an opportunity to give. I told you last week, don't change anything that you're going to give based on that conversation. And I invited you to have a conversation then with yourself, with your spouse, with your family about what you might give in response to God. Some of you give here. Some of you give to great organizations or to neighbors in many different ways that we don't even know about. All of those forms of giving are legitimate. The giving here is also important too. So as we sing this song, as there's an opportunity to give, there's an offering table there with a bucket. You can put money in if you want to. You can scan a QR code. But it's up to you to decide what you give. Our invitation is that you would wrestle with the teachings of Jesus respond in ways that best help you live well between where you have been and where you're going. You can have it all, Lord. Every part of my world So take this life and breathe on This heart that is now yours You can have it all, Lord Every part of my world Take this life and breathe on this heart that is now yours. Though the joy I found surrendering my crowns at the feet of surrendered everything and all the peace that comes when I'm broken and undone by your
story. Some of us can give money, some of us can't. You need to know that there are people in our church who are deciding as they, as they look at their lives and they want to lay it all down, they're doing small, simple things. I think there's somebody in our church who's been coming here on a regular basis to pick up diapers that people have donated. 
to take it to a family who needs it. There are people in this church who are quietly giving money to help pay for rent for a family who needs it. There are people in this church who cannot give financially, but there are ways to get even diapers <laughs> to help people walk through life well from where they have been to where God is leading us. So thank you for the investments that you make. As you walk through this week being transformed by God in a continual way, may the way that we look at how we give things change as well. We love you guys. We hope you have a great week. We'll see you Sunday.